Hope you enjoyed part one with Phil Sims. Now get ready for part two because Phil Sims talks about his football career, how he handled the offseason, what the Cincinnati Bengals will be doing in the offseason. Also, previewing the playoffs, who might advance to the Super Bowl, who he likes in that regard. Phil Sims is a football savant. There's no question about it. Great player, great broadcaster. He also talks about working with youth at his football camps, and that's interesting for a lot of people as well. So you made a great decision to join us for Phil Sims Part 2. That's right. We heard we heard you loud and clear. You wanted more Phil Sims. So guess what? We got more Phil Sims in the trenches with Dave Lappin brought to you by First Star Logistics in the studio that they provide for us. And it's a beautiful place to be. And we have the man, the legend. And the football, myth. Football IQ is men's the level. And he can no. communicate it so well. And he's so gifted physically and mentally. And that is... Our man, Phil Sims. Well, you're too kind, Dave. I appreciate all the kind words. As Bill Parcell said to me once somewhere in my career, Sims, don't worry. When you retire, they're going to like you. <laughs> That's great. That is great. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? And why are you sending it to me now? And, uh, you know, he was, and then he, I don't know. I guess I played a good game once or something, and somebody goes, was Phil Sims great today? And he goes, oh, the great Phil Sims. And that's all. Every time he talks to me, now everybody has that damn tag because he said it so much. Oh, that's great. He was, um, I don't mean to get it. He was everything you think he was. He was really tough. Yeah. I mean, really tough. And not honest, extremely honest. Brutally? <laughs> verb, I mean, extreme. That you got the real truth. You know, players always say, Dave, and you know this, I just, just tell me the truth, coach. Yep. You really want him to tell you the truth? And, do you? <laughs> because <laughs> in football, a lot of times the truth is not good. That's very true. <laughs> oh, I could tell stories about things he would say on the field. I'll do it real quick. Yeah, give me a couple. I, I love this. Well, we got a guard. We drafted him high. He's not doing well in training camp. Okay. I'm not going to say his name. We're having that nine on seven, and he's going – Listen, I almost told you his name. I go, I'm telling you, I have the ticket in the drawer. Don't make me give it to you. It's a, a plane ticket. You go home. Don't do it. Wow. And then he, he makes the team. And he, I know Dave is terrible. And he says, it's not over now. I still got that ticket. The guy, and, of course, the guy relaxed because he made the, you know, the 40-whatever right. roster at the time. Right. And he lightened up for a few days. And then the next day I come in, I said, where is so-and-so? Oh, they cut him last night. <laughs> oh, boy. So it's, it, that's how it went. But he was trying to help the guy by telling him the truth. Right. I'm going to be blindsided because I'm telling you it's right there. And we want you to be here, but you got to show us. And so that, that's, that, says, that, that personify, personifies Bill and how honest he was. And, of course, he had his other side, too. Sometimes when you weren't doing well, he would pick you up and say things to give you some confidence and take some pressure off of you, too. Sure, so, sure. Yeah. He was the master of uh, of, of motivation, I, I, oh, I, big time. Unbelievable. Yeah, he must have been crazy. He, he, 
he wasn't a speech giver, never gave speeches, you know. Yeah. Gave state of a state of the union address. That's it. You know, I'm not gonna give you a rah-rah speech before we go out because what the hell does that do? Right. It does nothing. You know, oh, we're excited until we get hit in the face and then that goes. So but it's all good. So what's going on? What can we do today? Well, so what I'm thinking is um the season's over. Uh didn't go as well as the Cincinnati Bengals had hoped, so the offseason comes quickly. Take us back to when you were performing for the New York football giants and um, in the season, maybe didn't go as well as expected. It ended a little bit earlier. Did you approach that off season any differently than the off season after you won the Super Bowl? Yes. I think when you don't have a, the year you want, the motivation is great. And the off season uh, was a, you know, it started right there. I mean, I, I don't mean to say this, or but when we won the Super Bowl, I literally was waiting on Lawrence Taylor because everybody had left. Right. Him and I got in a car, and I was thinking about, man, I, I need to really have a good year of off-season training. I got to, you know, this. And, I, and then I go, oh, man, stop thinking about it. <laughs> it's just, right. It was crazy. But, yeah, there, there is motivation and a, a sense of purpose more during the off-season when you don't have the year you expect. And, you know, the league now is so volatile. Uh, you know, hell, you got to look at the team. And you don't do well. It's just so many guys are not going to be there. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, – how about you? Did you feel the same way when you were playing? Yeah. That when the year didn't go well, you're motivated because, one, you want to keep your job and you want to be on a winning team because there's nothing like winning in the NFL. Absolutely. I agree with you 100,000%. It's like, you know what, um, didn't go well. Uh, the team, and you got to pick it up, man. You got to pick it up too. So you got to do things, you know, better, and and figure out what it is. What did you do well? What do you need to improve on? And, and I started that process right away. And you know, right. the Bengals have been um, criticized, or Zach Taylor has been criticized for being super, super easy at training camp physically on the players because they went to the Super Bowl and the AFC Championship game. So their off season started a lot later. This time, right. now they have all this extra time to get themselves healed up and geared up and ready. I'm wondering if he's going to approach it any differently and say, even in minicamp, we're going to get after it a little bit more than we did because, you know, you're off season. It's been so much longer. It's on you to make sure that uh, you're getting your body and everything ready. Cause I'm going to maybe push you a little bit harder. I wonder if he'll do that. Um, If it was me, I, if I was the coach there, I'd go, yeah, we're going to push it harder. Yeah. And, you, you know, I I read about all this stuff and talk to the NFL people there. They've done big studies on all this, you know, and everybody's afraid to do too much because they don't want somebody to get hurt. But they talk about really the only way to get ready for NFL football, you must have contact. You must. And you got to have enough. But also, you got to do it in spurts, like a game. You know, let's practice like a game. We're going to work hard for – eight or 10 minutes and you're going to stand on the sideline for 10 minutes. Hmm. Oh, now go back out and do it that hmm. way. Hmm. But who does that during the off season? You know, players go out and they train Cray. I know they're all in unbelievable shape, but they don't stop and start when right. the workout's over. It's over. I'm not going to stop and start to do what it looks like in a real game. And um, I, th I think it's a big issue. There's many issues, but that's one uh, that hurts teams and players. I think early in the year, just not enough contact, not enough real stuff. And, of course, hell, nobody plays in the preseason anymore. But 
you know, I don't remember, and I know it's changed, size and speed, all that in the NFL, but I don't remember ever really losing a lot of players in preseason getting hurt. And damn, we played a lot. And I'm yeah. sure, did you play a lot too when you were there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we played three quarters of the football game. Actually, we played the full football game almost uh, up until like the third preseason game. Then they'd start backing us off. I, I played in preseason games where I played every snap. Yeah, yeah. Every snap. And it would be the fourth one, too. Yeah. You know, back when we had four games. And the fourth one was always, for us, I don't know, did y'all play like the Cleveland Browns in your fourth one? No, you wouldn't because they're in your division. You know, I'm I'm, it, I'm reversing it, Phil, now that I think about it. We played maybe a half or three quarters of the early ones. But the third, like you said, the fourth one, that was a dress rehearsal. That was a whole yeah. game, man. You played yeah, every snap. Well, it was rough and all that, but I just don't, I don't remember us losing players to injury and I right. know everything's changed. So I'm always careful when I say that, but you know, when you practice afraid, it, 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 I just don't think it works as well as everybody think we're going to rest. We're going to rest. And it's always rest. <laughs> it really is. But the NFL, they've done studies on it and it kind of backs up what you and I just were talking about that you should practice a little differently. You must hit. Did you watch Hard Knocks when Dan Campbell was – they were Hard Knocks? And they had a brutal hitting practice. And he was so emotional. It's over. Guys, I'm just telling you, we have to do this. It hurts. You know, it, it was a great speech. Yeah. But, damn, they were hitting. They were. Getting ready for the season. And I don't remember them losing players either. So, um, it's whatever you believe and whatever you think you got to do to win football games. Yeah, I mean, it's just the Bengals have gotten off to such slow starts the last couple of years. I'm just wondering yeah. maybe if you change it up a little bit and see if you can get off to a better start and not have to climb out of a hole. You know, it's like you shrink your margin for error so much down the stretch oh. when you when you have to dig out of that hole. You know, it's crazy. But I Listen, just what you said would make me change. You know, the fact that we haven't gotten off the starts we want yeah. and all that. that would So we got to change what we're doing you know, and create a little different atmosphere here, whatever, and do it differently to give us a better chance of getting off. There's nothing like being a player and winning the first game, but go 2-0. and Oh, my gosh, we're on, I'm floating through the yeah. air here. I feel yeah. so good. 2-0 and is like, wow, <laughs> we're, we're rolling. Yep. And if you lose two in a row, oh, my gosh, it's, it's panic time, so, so, as you know. So, um I don't know how many times you had to uh, go into an off season with an injury like Joe Burrow's got or has had, unfortunately, multiple uh, experiences in that regard. How do you think Joe Burrow approaches this off season? Oh man, he's going to be an animal. He don't you think? I mean, he's listen. It's crushing for him to stand over there, watch the offense and the team win games, whatever, and just go. Oh my gosh, just to be out there and just, you know, he's, he's such a good player that, you know, whatever was going on in the field was only going to be helped and be better if he was out there Yeah. at no time did I think, wow, Jake Browning might be as good as Joe Pearl had <laughs> never crossed my mind. And that's not against uh, Jake at all, but sure. You know, it, it's, it's, I'm, I'm almost um, was uh, surprised that he was even on the sideline. Sometimes, sometimes you just go, let me sit up in a box somewhere with the coaches or whatever to get out just to, cause it, it separates you a little more yeah. and you got to sit there and watch it. Oh, it's, it's the worst. And I, I'm, 
I could tell by his expressions and all that, we didn't need to see him anyway, how depressed he was, the fact that he wasn't out there playing with his teammates. He and uh, Jake Browning have a tremendous relationship, and you know how important that is for the quarterback room to be, you know, stable yeah. and uh, and and uh, positive and in in every way like that. And I mean, Jake Browning, like you said, Phil. I mean, his first couple of starts, it was historic. I mean, it was oh, it was not just Bengal uh, records. We're talking the best ever. You know, it's like oh my gosh. Um, yeah. But Joe Burrow is is a unique and special talent. But when you unearth a, a quarterback that is as capable as, as Jake Browning as a backup, that's that's like gold, man. That's like you mine some gold. Your margin of error goes up, you know, or it gets better, I should say, however, yeah. whatever. But, yeah, you know, if your starter gets hurt, at least you have a chance to win with your backup. And, you know, many, many teams in the NFL, it's they don't know much about the backup until he's got to get in there and play. And, you know, you're not going to give them time during the season. You try to work them in training camp and preseason games. But, come on, you know, we, I get fooled every year. I'm the worst. I buy into preseason games. Just see how that guy played, and then I, they just can't do anything once the season starts. They go, man, I do this every year. I'm going to quit putting – I want to watch them play, but I'm not going to grade them and go, oh, this quarterback, oh, my God, he's great. And, right. You know, I'm the worst. I, I buy it. I do it every single year, but not anymore. This past year, it got me, and I won't do that. So, But Jake Browning, in a small st- sample size, showed quite a bit. I mean, he showed unbelievable accuracy. He showed an ability yeah. to extend and create plays. Do you think there are 32 quarterbacks in the National Football League better than Jake Browning? Do you think Jake Browning may have earned himself a starting job somewhere? Now, he's under contract with the Bengals, so he's not really going anywhere right now. But do you think he really – um, moves his career along to that extent? I hope he gets a raise this year from the Bengals. They got to feel good about their backup. And do I think there's a starting job out there waiting for him? And I don't mean to, I'm not being mean. No, there's not. And that's not going to satisfy the front office, the fans, whatever, if they go get Jake Browning after this, you know, what he's put out there so far. You know, we're talking about, look at this year. Right. All the guys that were drafted last year. Look at the quarterbacks coming out this year. They're coming out in, in droves now. So um, teams are looking for something. To not I'm going to say a little more, but what I said, he's solidified himself as a backup. And how does he get a starter job? to when he, If his time comes again, play so well that they go, wow, we might have to make him the guy instead of the starter. That's not going to happen in Cincinnati, but it can happen in other places, that's for sure. Some of these backups are showing what they got, and you almost got to say, are we going to go with this guy next year? Because there's so much change with these starting quarterbacks every single year. It's just – it really is unbelievable. And, like, I don't know, I'm just telling you, finally, you know, Green Bay, they've answered the question. Their guy's been on the field, been up there long enough. He's played well enough. He's the man, Yeah, Jordan Love. So he did it the hard way, and if it didn't go well for him here in his fourth year, not playing much before – he would be out and they would go look for another quarterback, but he's, he's done the right thing by himself. That's for sure. And the team. The fact that the Cleveland Browns played five quarterbacks, that's 60, ridiculous. 60 quarterbacks, I think, or close to 60 made starts in the national football league. Oh, it's over 60. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do you, how do you change that? Field? How do you protect the quarterback more? You can't. Yeah. Well, you can. But no matter what rules they make, they're still going to hit the quarterback. Yeah. I mean, these guys, these we're talking about 
just some of the pass rushes, just look at them. <laughs> I mean, you think you're going to block these guys every play? And uh, I would say you protect these quarterbacks by this formations, having the right pass protections and showing a little patience running the football. Just some, you know, so many teams just right away. Well, we ran three times. We only got four yards. Let's go. Let's just throw it every down. And that's the mentality of a lot of coaches, too. You know, they it kills them to run the ball. And, you know, like us, you and I had talked earlier about Cleveland, their offense. It's It's got it all. Yep. It's balanced everywhere. So it's hard to just sit there as a defensive end or a tackle going, I'm going to the quarterback because you don't know what they're going to do. They're going to move him. This, they got all the plays, the run plays, the screens and all that. So um, that's what you do to keep your quarterback healthy. And saying all that, look what the Browns have just bragged about the Browns, and they're going on their fifth quarterback this week. Yeah. So um, it, it's tough. Dave, it's tough. It, it, it's changed. Pat Kerwin, who I talk to all the time and works with us at CBS, he said you need to keep four on your roster now. Wow. You keep two active and put two on the practice squad and always train them, get them extra work, do what you got to do just in case we got to move them up the line a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I I really believe in that too, that, you know, get a third one that can, you know, knows what he's doing and all that. And the fourth one, get somebody that has a couple of physical traits that are off the charts, but he's raw as hell. And we're going to try to groom him and get him going to get him up the chart a little more. And you never know Uh, in one year, he might be playing him. So as we've seen this year, so that's, that's what I think about that quarterback position. All right, let's talk about uh, the National Football League looks for parity. I mean, they, they'd love to have 16 teams, 9 and 8, and 16 teams, 8 and 9. They're getting closer and closer. It's close. So even even the teams that started out gangbusters, Philadelphia starts out 10 and 1. They've come back to earth, and right. they crash landing, really. When you look at this at this season, who's playing the best football at the most opportune time or can – Philadelphia rekindle what they had earlier in the season. Who do you think advances as we start these playoffs, Phil? Well, you know, Philadelphia, I keep saying every week, I, I keep, oh, this will be the week. They're going to get out of it. They're going to show it and this. And it, it still hasn't really happened. They beat the Giants and uh, here two weeks ago. But the Giants probably had a chance to beat them. They just said, no, we don't want to win. We're just not going to do it today. And that, to me, that's what it looked like because I got home and watched that game that night. And it, it was – but – Philadelphia, just the pass rush, the offensive line's not been as dominant as I thought it would be, which I've bragged about all year long yeah. everything. So I don't know if they can turn it on and make it happen because now they're going to have to win three playoff games to get to the Super Bowl. Yep. So it's that. But the Baltimore Ravens, to me, right now, are the most complete team in the league. And I don't know who's – I think there's a gap between them and the next team. Probably San Francisco, but I think it's a gap. The Ravens, the offensive line, they're loaded in, with depth and scheme on the defense where they can sack the quarterback. They've got a decent secondary. I think they're really, really well coached. And Lamar Jackson, just watching Miami this past week, I thought they had a better chance of winning if they just would have been aggressive against him instead of throwing him out of the pocket. Yeah. Well, he'll dance around back there, and he's got players to throw to now. Right. And he's got a – He's going to complete those passes. I think the best way to play him is be aggressive and go after him. That's just me. Hmm. But those those are a couple of teams. One that's you said Philadelphia, really surprised by what they're doing. Yeah. But also 
Baltimore, he has built one really good team down there. And, of course, who knows it better than you guys. You've got to see them twice a year. And I think they're really reaching a point now. This is – these last couple of weeks, the best I've seen them play all year. So – when, when you look at the uh, the AFC North, the division the Bengals are in, um, the Bengals be bringing up the rear with, you know, an above 500 record. The right. division is so strong. The defenses are are so tough. You know, you, you talked about Baltimore. We've talked about how Cleveland's playing. Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin, you know, he has a standard. And they, they always seem to rise to that standard. Is this the best division top to bottom in football by a wide margin? Wow, the way you say it, yeah, it's up there. It, it might, it probably is the best. And, you know, we don't ever give it that kind of credit because we all like, well, they're just going to hit each other and try to kill each other. But it's it's more than that. And, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's very good. And, uh, you know, I kind of forgot what I was going to say about it. But you just look at each team, the Ravens. Oh, I know what I was going to say. The Pittsburgh Steelers. I've been watching them the last few weeks. Dave, bad news for everybody. Their offensive line might be the real deal. Yep. I mean, they they got some athletic moving guys up there. Yep. And the running backs, uh, you know, and they've been really uh, beat up on the defensive side. But we know they're going to be tough no matter what next year on the defensive side. But I think what's caught my attention is their offensive line. And as we talk about all this stuff, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, and all, all the skilled people, Hey, I always look at it this way. When it comes playoff time, it's usually always the offensive line groups that we would layer them in those top ones in, in their divisions. And really, the only one that I've ever seen go to the Super Bowl where their offensive line wasn't good or better was the Bengals when they played the Rams. I mean, it, that line was not that good, but damn, they could overcome it, knew how to work around it and got it done. Yeah, but usually we see starters. They lost three starters that year. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was tough. And the Super Bowl, you think, man, can they block the Rams? Bob, they probably didn't block them that well. But Joe Burrow was getting rid of the football and they had, hey, they had many chances to win that game. Yep. And yeah, I want to get into them now. There's a couple that the Rams wouldn't have gone for gone for it on fourth down if they were three points down. They would have gone whatever, kicked the field goal or punted or whatever. But when you're down four, because why? Because they missed an extra point. Changed everything. Changed the decision of the coaches yep. in that game. It's, right. it's been a while since I've talked about it, but I just, I just remember that part of it pretty clearly. Man. So do you think is the NFL, it, it is it is a machine. There's no question that it is a right. it's a 500-pound it's a uh, marketing gorilla. If you were commissioner for a day, what what change would Phil Sims make in terms of the National Football League? Is there anything that that uh, you know bugs you or is in your craw? Uh, not really. I mean, I think uh, you would know, and I know that the difference between playing on grass and turf is extremely huge. I mean, I played on AstroTurf. We didn't have these fields now. I would have preferred to play on AstroTurf than the fields they have out there now. Yeah. At least AstroTurf I knew and, you know, the footing and it was all. These fields now, to me, it's, a lot of them are too soft. And I stand out there and on camps all the time on a soft artificial field. And I'm telling you, when it, the day is over, my legs are killing me from standing on that or whatever. But the, the grass, 
when I, you play on grass, you don't feel all the bumps and bruises the following day. Right. But that's never going to happen. I don't even know why I brought it up. You know, these there's too many stadiums. They can't switch to grass. Right. Because they have concerts and they have this and they have that. And I understand that too. But, um, no, I think the game is great. The fan participation is it's there. People love watching it. Fantasy football. And, of course, you know, not to get into this, but people – Love the bet, and that's another reason why more and more people are watching it. We see you can't turn the TV on. There's a sports show on 24 hours a day if you want to watch it. Right. So, right. yeah, the NFL's got it going, that's for sure. Yeah, there's no question. Let's get you out of here on this, Phil, because you've been so generous with your time, and I don't want to abuse, uh, abuse that privilege. You mentioned your camp. You and your sons are unbelievable with what you do, giving back to the younger generation, uh, developing the next uh, generation of quarterbacks. Tell us a little bit about, you know, your camps. Tell the younger listeners that are uh, involved here or or viewers as well uh, with the podcast, how they can maybe uh, participate in the Sims family camps. Well, you know, we've tried everything, Dave. We, We do most of everything. My son, Matt, is one in charge of it. He has like a company, he runs it, and he has a lot of quarterbacks. And, you know, I it used to be me. I was working out all these kids, wow. a lot of them. But now I help him all the time, especially on weekends when he could have as many as 70, 80 quarterbacks there showing up on a weekend wow. to get work. And I love it. He goes, uh, uh, D- Dad, what are you doing tomorrow? And I go, do you need my help? He goes, well, yeah, it, only if you want. And I said, yeah, I want to come, you know. <laughs> and then I get there. He goes, you know, there's the big, there's the group of really good ones and then the really young ones. He goes, you know, do you want to, you know, you, the good, I, Matt, I'll take the young ones. <laughs> I know you want to. Okay. But well, we love doing it. I've tried to get many quarterbacks, big names, um, who I know I can help. And, you know, I'm, What's the word? I'm very confident in saying these things. I know I can change them. I because I've done this so long yeah. that I understand the mechanics and the the science and everything behind it. And I have people come and watch, and I tell them this and whatever, and they watch. And I go, you know, they then they kind of understand it. It's, it's how I judge NFL players. Show me a really good NFL thrower. And I'm just saying that they're doing everything that we teach the almost the exact same way. I was 55 years old in a indoor facility with about 20 quarterbacks one day. And my son, Matt was there. He was going to work him and I was going to help him. And I'm warming up and throwing the ball and man, I, I'm crushing the ball. Really? And I, literally the best I ever threw a football in my life at wow. 55. Wow. And it was strictly because I had taught so much that I was teaching myself too. And I would pick it up and turn and throw it. And I go, damn, I, I would have given anything to know this when I play. It would have changed my life. Yeah. Really. I mean, it's that big of a difference. Mm. It's like being a golfer and you got to work hard to hit it 300 instead of just making it look easy and then you hit it 330. And that's kind of what throwing is. When you get in the right positions and know what you're doing and all that stuff, it it, it it really works big time. I'll give you a good example. Did you notice that Joe Burrow from year one to year two, that his arm gets stronger? Absolutely. Absolutely. Then it even got stronger the third year. Yep. Because the his technique got better and better and better. Mm-hmm. Gets rid of it quick, but when he wants to drive it, 
He can throw it hard and not lose control of it. That's when you know you got it. As I told, as um, sorry to go long on this, I just want to say this. When you are throwing the football really well as a quarterback, you just, you got it. You know, you got the feel, you're doing everything right. You see it, you really believe it, and you complete it. And because you, when you, it, hey, it's about a one-yard margin. It doesn't matter. I'm going to put it right in there. And it's a great feeling. You become really smart when you can control the football completely. And that's that's what I always say about quarterbacks that come in the league. If I don't see a difference in them in year two, then they're doing something wrong. You must you must be able to make all the routine throws in the NFL. Then you need to make about two or three or four special ones every game. Yeah. With the routine throws, you can't miss anymore in this league. And most of the quarterbacks don't miss. So that's my little lesson on maybe one day I'll get you out on the field and throw a few passes. Oh, that'd be a week. I'll that'd teach be, you. Ooh, Let's see if you can get that big old body into that arm that then throw. I'm <laughs> telling you, man, it might fall off my shoulder. It's, it's, it's a good chance. It's a real good chance. I didn't throw one this offseason, Dave, last offseason, because it's it's over. <laughs> yeah, that's over. I'm not demonstrating. I'll show you, but I'm not doing it. Yeah, I hear I'm you. Not without the ball but uh, too many throws I too many hear you. that's oh, phil sims ladies and gentlemen hall of fame quarterback hall of fame broadcaster and now helping other quarterbacks I'll, what what phil sims is about is making the game of football as good as it can be that's the bottom line that's the bottom line well i don't know about that i'm just hey i like doing what i do I love playing. I know you did too. Yeah. You love broadcasting like me. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's never going to go away. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping one day I'm 80 and I'm still watching NFL games and following it. I might not be getting paid, but I'm still going to follow it and do it. Especially now that we have all this technology and the computer. Oh my gosh. It, you can't help but watch it. So I'm it's getting, all good, Dave. It's always great talking to you. Same here, sir. I'm getting scary scary close to 80 it's like it's too scary <laughs> oh i i how old are you now i said i said 70 i'll be uh 72 in june oh my gosh yeah. okay so wow yeah crazy Isn't it amazing i know you sit there and you go my wife one night uh, we're, we're, this we're not on the air anymore are we yeah we are, are we? <laughs> oh well whatever I'll, I'll say it anyway so one night we're watching a movie and we're lying in bed and she looks up the action. She goes, oh, she's so old. And then I go, Diana, she's 55. You're 68. And she goes, oh, my gosh. And she forgot. She said, you're 68. Uh, it was like a moment. She goes, oh, my God, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. Oh, so it goes fast. That's for sure. I'll tell you what, though, Phil. You look great, man. You really do. And uh, you, well, you do a hell of a job. So you do a hell of a well, job. Great talking to you. Same here. Appreciate it. Right. Give my best Dave. to the family, sir. I will. I really will. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. All right, bud. Dave Lapham here, and every day I am grateful for my experience to have played professional football. As a player, I realize self-motivation, leadership, and appreciating your teammates are key. At First Star Logistics, you can use those same attributes to create the life you want for you and your family. Build your future by working hard like I did. You'll see results both on and off the field. Call First Star Logistics today and be part of our winning team.